My glasses fell off. But then you hit record and you're out the door anyway. Our whole relationship is a CD skipping away. Crush on Ray. Good afternoon. Hello. You sound good, Rich. Oh, thank you. I'm very mellifluous today. Mellifluous. You're, you're, you're listening to All Crushes Considered on NPR. We, we already did that gag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I only have like a set set uh, program of like, you know, three jokes. I just repeat them over and over. That one's pretty good. We've noticed. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, whew, it's been a while. Hi, Ender. Uh, hello. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, I'm the worst. It's August. Yeah. Nothing well, happens in August. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't even have any shows to go to this month. Wasn't there, like, everybody was saying, like, a year or two ago, everybody was, was saying that nothing happens in August, and then, like, everything happened in August one time? Or am I making that up? Maybe in the alternate universe you live in. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn. There was some year where, like, nothing happens and – or maybe I'm – I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of when Steve Jobs died. But, like, everything, like, blew up and, like, nobody was expecting anything to happen and then, like, several things happened. So, I don't know. Things. Things. Uh, I, I, I did a thing last weekend, which was August. I went to the – there's a, a place called the Living Computer Museum in uh, Seattle. And it's a it's a Paul Allen thing because of course it is, but it is awesome. I I, I um, took some photos and posted them to my Tumblr and they're all very blurry, but it's really cool because they have like a lot of like basically like the history of modern computing, and they have like a bunch of mainframes there. They have a uh, the Xerox um, Alto, which was the basically it was never actually released, but it was like the first computer that was basically what we would recognize as a personal computer mm-hmm. with like graphical user interface and everything. And basically, even though it was never released, there was like uh, prototy- prototypes made, of course, and also like um, they they were presented at like a convention kind of thing. And basically the people from Apple and the people from IBM looked at it and went, well, this is what we need to do. And yeah, it's, it's very similar to the early, you know, personal computers, like what you're kind of probably thinking of as a... You know the original as, Macintosh, yeah, or or even like the original PCs too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have the only working PDP seven in the world. Neat. So um, so you can go see my blurry ass photos on my Tumblr. Yeah. But it's but if you're you are in town if you're in Seattle or making a trip to Seattle, definitely put it on your list of things to do. It's it's over in uh, the Soto area and it's awesome. So Mental awesome. note, if I ever find myself in Seattle. Um, Capture that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in Philly uh, Friday night for, for, for a thing, but uh, that's it. So. Yeah, I've got, um, I don't think, I feel like I haven't seen much in the way of concerts this summer. And John Mayer is coming to Hartford uh, on Friday, but it's not exactly in my budget right now. But I, I really want to go because I haven't really seen a, I've seen him at a festival one time. I saw him at Rothbury in 2008. And, um. He's got a new album coming out on the twentieth, so brace yourselves. And uh, phrasing, yeah, phrasing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so but it's not exactly in my summertime budget. Uh, I I gave serious thought to going to the free they might be giant show in Brooklyn yesterday, but since I got off the bus, I got I got in from Philly and I was tired and like you know hell I don't they'll play again. Yeah, well, especially too because you're in New York, so it's. Yeah, I mean they they play there all the time because they live You'd there. You think that, but they haven't. The, like the Brooklyn date, free Brooklyn show was the only New York City area date that they've announced for the for the uh, Nanobots tour. Oh, weird. Well, exactly. I mean, I know that they've been they've been touring all over. So yeah, I mean like, they, 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 played they played Australia. film and stuff. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, my next show will be if fingers crossed, Pear Ubu on September twelfth. They're having some visa issues with their with some of their uh, band members, 
and if that doesn't go through, then I guess I'll see uh, Savages instead uh, if there's any tickets left. Hmm. Oh, should we mention about the the guy from Perubu who died this week? Or oh yeah, the uh, one of their early members, Tim. Tim. Oh dear, I can't remember the fellow's name. I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, Tim Wright. That's what I thought it was, but when I when I when I heard Tim when I said said it in my head, Tim Wright, I thought of the keyboard player for Pink Floyd, but that's Rick Wright, and he's been dead mm. for years. Mm. Uh, well, I think like yeah, five years. I literally just looked that up. So I guess the lesson is don't have the last name right. I guess. Uh, <laughs> so, so we got a jam-packed episode today because uh, we need to pick your brain, Andrew, because you yeah. weren't here last week, and I, we sorry. really need to know what you thought of uh, the Bonzo Dog Band, the Bonzo Dog Band, rather, and I don't think we need your opinion on anything else uh, from last week. There wasn't any particularly controversial or unusual picks from that episode. I'm very confused about the Bonzo Dang Band. Is that a pick that I was supposed to have listened to? That, that was the last week's pick that uh, I, I had chosen, or last episode's pick that I had chosen. That because, like, like uh, I yeah, I did that one. You did Portugal, which we're bumping to next episode, so we can actually, yes. so right. you can actually talk about it. And then, what did you pick, Rich? I forgot. Uh, some some hip hop album by some guy. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that, I've got that. it. My iTunes right here, so I clearly dragged it in here at some point. Yeah, um, it, it it's uh yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. It's kind of obscure. Um, can ye? Can ye? Is that it? Yeah, that that guy. Um, I, I don't can know where. Weast? Yeah, I don't know how where how I heard of this record or, or where I picked it up from. <laughs> I only have uh tracks twelve to twenty five. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's oh, uh, son of a you know, <laughs> Dropbox, Dropbox. What? I tw- no, we have chunks twelve to twenty. We can't talk about this. No, now. no, that's no, that's right, that's right. Because uh, Kainsham came from a uh, box set where they were two albums up per disc. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. Starting with you done my brain in. Right, right, right. Kainsham. Quiet talks. All right. Do you want me to? Uh, my iTunes is kind of having a conniption, and it's not playing music, which is its one job. But uh, <laughs> you had one job all over the place. <laughs> What's happening here? Well, Get I think I think the main the main reason why we kind of wanted to hear what you thought about the uh, Bonzos is just because, like, I had told I told the story of the last week's episode, but I like had a dream where we were doing the podcast, and you absolutely hated it. Hmm. Which is kind of funny because you know that's that's my exciting dream life is that you know I I apparently dream of doing the podcast and it was over Skype it wasn't like in person or anything exciting like that it was me sitting at my computer and my microphone and and having you like hate my pick completely I'm not sure I've ever dreamed about either of you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to be uh, happy about that or sad <laughs> you guys say dreamt or dream say what dreamt uh, I, I dreamt of either of you. I, I usually will say dreamt, but sometimes if I'm not thinking right, I'll say dreamed. Yeah. Had a had a dream. Had a dream, yeah. About I don't know. All right. Well, I'm literally staring at a beach ball here in my iTunes. But is there a track that I should consider for possibly next time? Or um, I don't know. I, I'm thinking the ship has sailed. Ship has if sailed. if you okay. want, uh, I, I guess if you end up like uh, actually hating it in real life. Let me know because it would be kind of funny. <laughs> but um, otherwise, yeah, I, I think this ship has sailed. Got it. Yeah. Though we do want to know what you thought of the uh, the Yeezus record. Cause okay, yeah, were, we can you, talk you about that. Talking, I'm sorry I missed that were... discussion because I was really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so you know, screw the time limit. You know, we want, I want to hear what you thought of that. Yeah, what did you guys say? Give me a, a brief synopsis of what was discussed when you guys talked about the Yeezus. Um, uh, I... I know uh, with me, I liked the music, but I got sick of uh, Kanye's Braggadocio. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thumbnail of of mine. Yeah, um, which and we sort of got into a discussion about like what kind of that the sort of industrial musicy sounds of it, uh, which yeah. led to the uh, a, a sort of slight discussion of Nine Inch Nails and the line, I fell into all these pop hooks, which was the title. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I was just really captivated by the music itself, and I can some of the lyrics. Did rub me the wrong way, especially the song "I'm in it," 
Mm-hmm. But uh, mostly uh, when it was when the lyrics was on were on like on the song's "New Slaves," which was the my my hook track, the one that we played. Yeah, uh, that was just mind blowing. Um, so it's 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 definitely a different album for for me. I'm not huge into the hip hop, and this is the only Kanye West album I've ever heard. Yeah. So, and I think it might be the only one you've heard too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, let me, I'm just switching over to audio here because iTunes is literally broken. Um. Jesus. So yeah, yeah so that's I mean, the name it, of the record. It was making right. It was making all kinds of waves on the internet, and and Kotke linked to a couple of articles about it and everything. And, and I really didn't pay it much attention. I think I I listened to it like a couple of tracks, and like it was kind of what I expected, and so I didn't really pay it much attention after that. And then I kept reading about it, and um, I forget why. I think I just put it on. You know, it was in the heavy rotation page on RDO, and I think I just put it on for, for kicks or whatever, assuming because I think I was doing work at the time, and I assumed that I would be able to that I would, what do you call it, uh, space out while I was getting some work done listening to this, what I thought would be garbage, um, and, I mean overall I agree with Matt. I like a lot of the music, um, but I find most of the lyrics to be gratuitous. Uh, is I'm in it the one with the Hampton spouse? No, that's uh, that actually is New Slaves, which Oh, that is New Slaves. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um I mean it's th- the one with the racist line about Asian pussy. Oh, okay. Which yeah, I, I I I'm even it takes work to make me sort of like hesitate saying a, a line like that. Mm-hmm. And I was I'm very hesitant to say it. I was hesitant there. Yeah, I uh I mean, and I listened to it once I listened to it through. Um I I don't really know how to describe my experience here, but I got okay. So I really got into the once I got to the track uh, "Guilt Trip" track eight. Uh, I really like that track because it's got a really good hook, um, a hook in it with the uh, I don't even know who the hell is singing that part, but the um, the it's background. like a reggae sample or something. Yeah, it's like a reggae sample, sort of like scat singing almost. And I really, really like that hook, and that kind of got into my got in my ear and kind of stayed there for a few days. Um, and then I also liked Blood on the Leaves because there are a lot of pretty good hooks on the record. Um, it's just that kind of age-old <laughs> conflict of, you know, not liking what the artist stands for, but secretly kind of guiltily liking some of the music on on his album. Um, I do like Black Skinhead because it, I saw it on the the new Scorsese trailer. What is that? The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer yet. I'll put it in the show notes, but um, the trailer is really good. It's with Leonardo DiCaprio and Matthew McConaughey and, you know, Scorsese is great. And the, um, and it's a, it's a movie in the eighties. I think it's the eighties about wall street or whatever, but black skinhead is the the track in the trailer. So it's totally out of place, but it works like uh, on so many, well, not on so many levels, but it works really well. Um, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, Black Skinhead's one of the tracks that he did with Daft Punk too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, well, we should talk about the, um, the Daft Punk Colbert Report thing in a second. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I like uh, I like New Slaves mainly because of the Frank Ocean part at the end. I like Black Skinhead. I tend to skip. I am a god. I, like I listened to the whole thing several times through for like a week, and then since then I've kind of gotten over my initial in, intrigue. And now, if I put it on, I'll just listen to Guilt Trip and Black Skinhead, and that's pretty much it. Maybe Blood on the Leaves. And... No love for No love for the closer. Bound to. I think. Hang on, let me hit play really quick. Yeah, that one's good. I do like that one too. Yeah, that one's better. Yeah. Hey, play pause. Stop. I actually do kind of like. Uh, oh wow, you're having serious trouble today. Serious technical difficulties. Yeah, I do kind of like uh, "I Am a God" because it's just. I think it. I, I interpret it as parody, and you can't interpret a line like, "In a French house restaurant, hurry up with my damn croissants" as anything but parody. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I'm conflicted about giving any kind of praise to this human being, but <laughs> look, I, mean, yeah, I, I freely admit that he's an it. asshole. I freely yeah. admit, you know. You don't have to like the guy to appreciate his music. Yeah, and I haven't really... I, don't, I couldn't tell you another Kanye West song, but... Uh, I don't know. It's... Uh, it's I agree different. with what Matt said. I mean, the music and the hooks are, are good. 
Um, and the lyrics that are not racist or um, misogynistic are, um, you know, tolerable. But, you know, it just most of the other stuff seems gratuitous to me. Fair enough. Um, so that's the discussion on Jesus completed. So, yeah, we'll just have to find out if you really do hate the uh, Bonzo <laughs> band. Yeah, I've got it here in my iTunes. And once that is un effed, I will uh, give it a listen. <laughs> Um, so did you guys see the, uh, hear about the Colbert rapport, Daft Punk, kerfuffle? Yeah. My, my suspicion I, I, is I that it's, it, I um, thought, yeah. I didn't actually watch it cause I don't watch TV much. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's hard to say that and not sound like some kind of like, Oh, I don't watch TV asshole, but, uh, <laughs> I call it television because TV is a nickname and nicknames are for friends and television is no friend of mine. It, it, it. <laughs> I'm not one of those people who doesn't watch TV because they're too good for TV. I'm one of those people who don't watch who doesn't watch TV because I just can never really be bothered. Yeah. So I, I mean, I only watch the relevant. I mean, I'm a big excuse me, I'm a big Colbert fan, but um, I don't watch it regularly at all because I don't really adhere to cable or or any of that sort of thing. But I so I came across the clips on the internet and uh, the um the takedown. So basically, what happened for uh, listeners that might not know what's going on is the Colbert was um, promoting Daft Punk's like first television appearance since um, Random Access Memories was released, and they were going to appear on the Colbert Report, and they were pimping this appearance for like a week, and then like the day before, he was told that Daft Punk would not be aff- appearing because they chose to go on the MTV Movie Awards instead, and um, as a surprise so, too. Yeah, as a surprise. So Colbert proceeds to as one does in his line of work to just tear, you know, the appropriate parties, the responsible parties, a new one and, uh, spoil, you know, and released the, the, uh, the fact that they were going to be appearing surprise on the, um, on the MTV movie awards. So the, the takedown was really great and really, um, you know, classic, uh, daily show slash Colbert report material. But then as a, uh, replacement for the Daft Punk appearance, he had a, um, a dance off with him and several surprise guests, which was just really well done. I won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. Um, but uh, a lot of celebrities made guest appearances and it was really impressive how they threw that together at the, at the last second. So I recommend watching it. I'll put it in the show notes here. This says full version. I don't know if it's the takedown and the dance off, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a watch. The, the last time I actually watched Colbert, especially for a musical guest was, when Diva were on, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I, I actually, I went out of my way to try to like track down an illegal illicit stream because I didn't have a TV at the time. No, really. Um, so you know, yeah. But yeah I'm, I, I, admittedly, I, though, of the uh, the three TV performances they did to promote the album, that was the the best the best of the three. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, like, because I've. Because there's been like a few like really good uh, musical appearances on uh, Colbert, and like I like I remember like uh, Lupe Fiasco was pretty cool, and yeah. uh, Steve Martin of course too. Because I mean that, that that's the amazing thing is I mean like Steve Martin is a legitimately like a legitimately serious musician, which is kind of you know you don't necessarily expect you know, mm-hmm. especially with someone who's famous for being a comedian. You kind of figure. You know, or, or a playwright, or an author, or art collector, or the other billions of things that Steve Martin does. You know, you kind of go like, "Oh, he's putting out a like a, a vanity record," but it's actually like, I mean, his his folk records are legit and really good. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, Rush appeared on the uh, Colbert Report for like it was like their first American television appearance in thirty three years or something like that. So I actually did see wow. that. Mm. I, I need to remember- Google that one. Yeah, they did Tom Sawyer. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've got... Uh, I don't know if this has the interview beforehand, but I don't know why they just put the interview and the performance in the same video. That would be great, but... Well, that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. Don't freak out, but this video is no longer available. Terrific. Yeah, the, the same. it's the same thing with the Devo video. I think there's like an illicit version on Vimeo of the Devo one, so maybe check on elsewhere. Uh, anyway, we've got some picks to talk about. We're already 20 minutes in. Yeah, we've got uh, – I'm on a kind of a tight ship today because I don't know if you guys are aware, but the last half of the second – of the last season of Breaking Bad premieres tonight, which is going to be fantastic. I've seen all of it. My girlfriend and I have been working our way through because she has not seen 
any Breaking Bad, so we are trying to get caught up before the new episode premieres tonight, and we've got six episodes to go, and we have to go to dinner at my mom's tonight. So we're trying to fit four and a half hours of TV into like a six-hour time frame plus dinner, so it's going to be a little tight. Yep. Okay. Um, well, I, you get to start, actually, I think, because this one's, you're doing the Anamana, Anamana, Gucci. I think it's Anamana Gucci. Anamana Gucci. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had never really heard of these guys before, and I think that Mike Hurley of 70 Decibels and now 5x5 fame tweeted about them. And um, so I checked it out, and basically they're a, I think they're from America. Yeah. Um, yeah. New York. Yeah, in New York. And um, they did the soundtrack for the Scott Pilgrim video game or movie or yeah, something. Yeah, a know. video game. Video game. And uh, so I'm a big fan of video game music. And we haven't really had many opportunities to talk about it on the show. Um, but basically, they're a chiptune band, which means that they basically make this sort of 8-bit um, video game type of music, which kind of translates into like video game-esque dance music or electronic music kind of so so i gave it a listen on rdo and uh it's really good it's um the title track is endless fantasy uh which is the name of the album also and we can um we'll play a little bit for that for you guys now So uh, I'm not going to try to mimic that song. Yeah. Um, it's pretty intense. But so uh, there's not, I don't know how much I can really say about this record other than the fact that like if you like classic sort of video game soundtracks, like I've, I've always been a, a huge music fan and I've always been, I was a much bigger video game fan in my youth. But, you know, I miss, I miss the days of, of having so few responsibilities that I could spend hours on a video game, you know, at a time. And just get really sucked into that world. Um, and I've actually been replaying Final Fantasy VII, one of my favorite video games of all time, over the summer. And just really, really enjoying um, going back to it. And the soundtrack to these games are just so um, crucial to, to the whole gaming experience. Um, you know, the soundtracks to some of those old Final Fantasy games. And even to, to Super Mario or any of the classics uh, Super Nintendo games or original Nintendo games. Or even, you know, the Sonic uh soundtrack if you were a Sega fan or whatever they just they're just really nostalgic and so it's cool to have a band whose goal is to sort of create new original video game music even though it doesn't necessarily apply to a specific video game so uh, if you like video game music or even if you just like electronic sort of music I, I recommend it it's gotten pretty good critical acclaim I think it seems to be pretty popular um, and even if you don't like video games I think it's I think it's an enjoyable listen if you like sort of electronic uh, instrumental music so there you go. Yeah, I, I really like this one, too. Um, oh, good. This, this is actually like, uh, yeah, I, I already had this album. <laughs> um, I've um, I also like a long time ago, I uh, uh, bought the their first record, um, Don Metropolis, dug it. And yeah, and um, Janet actually reviewed the album for Kitty Sneezes Even. And I've thrown that link in the show notes as well. But yeah, I I, I dig on Monaguchi a lot. Like I think they're really cool band. I think this is a really good album. And the cool thing is too is the album art is an animated GIF. Because oh, really? I think yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the animated GIF version is on the Kitty Seuss's uh, site too. If you want to mm-hmm. look at it, uh, basically the cube she's holding flashes and and whatnot. But um, but yeah, I I really dig this. I dig Chip Tune and. And, well, you know, the old video game music. So, I mean, that's one of the things that's so neat about it is, I mean, about the original original stuff. And I think this is somewhat true with the chiptune as well, where there's so many restraints on what you can fit on an old, like, cart. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in terms of sounds, in terms of music, in terms of everything, that it's kind of amazing that you could get such classic, memorable stuff that's, like, legitimately good, not just because it's been... You know, not just because it's, you know, 16 bars that repeats or however much it is, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but, I think you could easily dismiss it as gimmicky, you know, if you just, I mean, if you just hear the concept of, of chip tunes, but it's really, I mean, it's got considerable depth to it, I think. Definitely. Definitely. And, and it's just fun. Yeah, well, that too. But I mean, it's, they're, and they're great sounds too. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I, I like chip tune. I mean, I, I'm not like a huge fan. I don't have like a bunch of, a bunch of chip tune stuff, but like when it's, well done it's really well done and i mean of course it, it can be cheesy and corny where people who are who basically are just kind of latching onto the gimmick rather than actually trying to do good things with it you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's you know some some people i think just kind of go like oh hey this is like these are old nostalgic sounds people will like these you know yeah. and if they don't have the the songwriting chops to back it up it just sound it's just lame you know because i mean that's Kind of the the important thing is, and even with again with the old carts, is that that music is legitimately good as well. I mean, like 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 you were talking about, like the the Final Fantasy stuff, or the or even Super Mario. I mean, Super mm-hmm. Mario has a great score, honestly. Yeah, it's iconic. It, well, that too, but I mean, it's it's just really good music. Like, I mean, I still love the um the underground worlds. The da 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 da. Yep. Da 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 da. I mean that's like a really great riff, and it just it just sounds so cool. And yeah. so I I, I dig it. Cool. Yeah, I, I I just I dig uh, Anamanaguchi, and so it was kind of cool that you picked it because honestly it was a little bit of a surprise pick for from you just because mm. it is so electronic and and whatnot, and you're usually more about the acoustic instruments or the or yeah. at least the uh, you know non synth type instruments. Yeah, usually. I mean, I want to hear what Rich has to say in a second, but I mean, I agree because and this year in particular has, you know, kind of seen a lot of my musical tendencies kind of flipped on their heads between the hip hop and the electronic and the techno and the dance music and everything um, and the pop music with the Justin Timberlake and everything. Um, But I was going to say that, you know, listening to a video game soundtrack for me, a good video game soundtrack, you know, I mean, the Final Fantasy games, because that's what I know best. Those are, you know, epic works you know and um, not to overuse the word epic but i mean it's it would be no different than listening to the soundtrack of your favorite movie in my opinion so mm-hmm. i'm gonna give and i mean and there's also mm-hmm. been like a lot of like symphonic versions of those where they you know an actual symphony will play that music and it's legit classical you know yeah i mean no what's his name nobuo umatsu or i can't don't know how to pronounce his name um but he has a band or had a band called the black mages who which is a an orchestra slash rock band that actually does uh, live versions of uh, tracks from the Final Fantasy scores. So, I mean, I think it's legit. Yeah. Sorry, Rich. So, so Rich, is this legit or not? <laughs> um, there's a reason why I haven't chimed in. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I never, I can't even make it the whole way through this record. I, I don't think I've It's it. really long. It is yeah. long. Oh, I, I it is it is very out. long. It it is a full um seventy six minutes. Yeah, one point two hours in iTunes, uh seventy six minutes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've actually even made it to uh past the fourth song. But yeah. fortunately fortunately the the, 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 the the big the song you singled out was the first track, so that makes life a little easier. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel like no incentive to continue on I, I have like this complicated relationship with chip music um, I mean I, I grew up on video games too like uh, like all of us and uh, I've got some fond memories of the music from from like my very favorite Nintendo games and Super Nintendo games but uh, I, I never like made I, I've even been to I, a friend of mine used to run a, a monthly chip music party that was literally uh, four four or five blocks away from my apartment, downhill, mm-hmm. and I went a couple times, and then I stopped because I just I w- I just wasn't connecting with the with it, and I've I've listened to a, a fair amount of this stuff over the over the years, off and on. It 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 rarely just grabs something about it. I, I like the sounds of it as like seasoning, mm-hmm. as it were musically. Like there's a Sorry to bring up Devo again, but uh, on their last album, My Games starts out with this really cool 8-bit synthesizer line that pops up throughout the entire song. And that's great, but it's also mixed in with all this other stuff. And I really do like when a band mixes like the the sounds 
of 8-bit synths with like something else, which admittedly, Anamanaguchi, that's a weird name, they're doing, but I think one of the problems is I'm sitting, I mean, I'm sitting here on the, I'm sitting on the subway trying to give this a listen, and just like, there's just so much happening, there's no space, there's nothing, I can't breathe. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's all so fast, so ridiculous, so intent, and it's like a brick wall of a record. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm not feeling it. I, 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 yeah. And, and to the point about like, you know, video game music and, and memories and stuff. Like yeah. I, I find like a lot of f- soundtracks don't hold up well away from the movie or away from the game because it's all contextual. Um, my favorite, I have a few film soundtracks in my music library, and all the ones that are my favorites are the ones that mix, like, score tracks with non-score tracks, like, you know, regular songs that were in a film soundtrack, in a film, in a film. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Wes Anderson, or? Yeah, all the Wes Anderson uh, uh, soundtracks are just amazing, all of them. Um, but, uh, you know... You know, you have that mix of like you know you have the score pieces and then you have the non-score pieces, the actual soundtracky parts. But uh, I mean, I have like a good example of this is I have the the score to Ghostbusters, which is one of my absolute favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And the score to Ghostbusters is incredible. I mean, it really helps make that movie. You know that do 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 do. You know, if you've ever seen it, you know that 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 riff. Mm-hmm. But I can't listen to the soundtrack. I can't listen to the score because the score needs the film. And vi- okay, and kind yeah. of like vice versa too. And that's why I feel like with a lot of soundtrack, with a lot of, I feel that way kind of with video game music too. Um, it's really hard to make something that stands on its own. Um, because it's it's all contextual. It it but I, with again with the I just I can't with. Just, I don't know what it is about it. It's just like, it's like I, it, you'd think this would be a slam dunk, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, I can totally see where you're coming from because it is super long, and I don't think. I mean, I don't listen to video game music all the time. Like, you have to be in a certain mood, and to take in this 76 minutes of of uh, the endless fantasy album. I mean, it is kind of endless, <laughs> and um, it's definitely a lot to take in. So, I mean, the whole album is on YouTube as a single track, which is in the show notes, but. If you're not going to, I mean, I, it's definitely, I concede that it's a lot to take in. I mean, there's 22 tracks here. It's 76 minutes long. I mean, at the very least, I su- I recommend people to just listen to the title track. I mean, it's still six minutes, but I think it has enough dynamics and movement in it to, to really be enjoyable. And then if you like it, you can, you know, decide if you want to listen to two tracks or maybe all 22. Um, I will give you this. It is mm-hmm. my favorite of the songs, uh, of like the four songs I heard. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I can see what you're saying with context, too. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I mean, I'm sure I have... There are definitely soundtracks where, I mean, I can't listen to the soundtrack by itself, but I think the really great ones, you can. I mean, like, when I'm... I have the soundtracks of Final Fantasy VII, VIII, IX, the soundtrack to Chrono Cross, you know, these great PlayStation classics that, like, were the, the foundation of my video game childhood. And, like, when I don't have time to to go sit down and play the game, you know, I can put on the the soundtracks and be transported to so I think a good soundtrack can be listened to on its own and there are certainly plenty of soundtracks and there's a difference between a score and a soundtrack and everything um, like oh here's a good one so the I have the Dark Knights listen to that but the Dark Knight uh, soundtrack or score is amazing like with the Joker theme and but the Joker theme is like one note you know just vibrato for seven minutes or whatever it is um, which is amazing in the movie but like I wouldn't put that on to listen to it, so I get you. Uh, I got so much stored up. I'm just kind of <laughs> pouring it out all over you guys. <laughs> yeah, bring it, phrasing, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I I've said my piece, uh, and I and I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, that that's why we're all here, right? Yeah, that's okay. I should have um specified in our uh, what do you call it, our in our Google Doc that. Just listen to the first track if you, if you don't have a lot of time. Well, that's that's why we have that 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 too, don't we? So, um, right. okay, um, I, Matt, I think you're next. 
Okay. Um, I picked uh, one of my favorite uh, singer-songwriters, uh, Warren Zevon, and his uh, 1991 album, Mr. Bad Example. Um, just huge fan of Zevon, and I, I really like this album a lot, even though, I mean, it, it's been out of, it's out of print for a long time. It's finally back in print. But it's like, I think it's like about the only one of the reissues that doesn't actually have any bonus tracks on it. So, I mean, that kind of tells you, you know, how, you know, renowned, I guess it is among Sivan fans, I guess. It's just that it's like, you know, they, they just sort of like, oh, yeah, here's this one for, you know, completeness sake or whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I honestly think it's a phenomenal record. And uh, the track that I chose from it is uh, Things to Do in Denver and When You're Dead. So let's hear a little bit of that right now. To find a priest Maybe you should find a place to stay Some place where they never change the sheets And you just fool around Denver all Called up my friend Leroy on the phone. Said, buddy, I'm afraid to be alone. <laughs> Got what? some weird ideas in my head. Things About to do, do in, in Denver. Denver when you're dead. When you're dead. <laughs> Not bad. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 that's, it, it's, it was actually really hard for me to choose which track to choose as a pick. And I, I was like, like even when I said that, even though I had just looked at the the, the sheet, uh, the the Google Doc, I was still like, like a little bit afraid that you know you were going to correct me and go, no, it's actually you know, it's actually Mister Bad Example, or it's actually Angel Dressed in Black, or it's actually Susie Lightning, or you know any of the other billions of great songs on this record. What, what, uh, there's not billions of great songs on this record. Well, okay, there, there's, there, 10. there's ten. <laughs> There's ten, but still, you know, and yeah, and that's that's ten songs on a ten song album, by the way. So yes, yes. Um, well, we know we're obviously standing on this record, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I guess I. To be honest, I didn't know. Like, like, were you a Zephon fan going in or aspiring? The only album okay. I had of his before this was Excitable Boy, which is probably mm. his most famous because it's got the, it's got the two Where songs was... that everyone knows. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Werewolves of London and Lawyers, Guns and Money. Yeah, you know they're, they're, that's 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 it. That's if you if you know Warren Zevon and you're not a fan of Warren Zevon, you know at the very least you know Werewolves of London. You probably know Lawyers, Guns and Money. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's, it's like I've you know like basically I got into Zevon right around when he was dying actually because uh, uh, I used to work overnights at uh, the uh, company where I work and uh, so. Every night my dad would drive me in and because I was still living at home at the time, too. And I'd take the bus home in the morning, you know. But uh, on Wednesday nights, we would listen to Rockline on the way. And Warren Zevon would be on about usually like about once a month up to up until his death just because, you know, everyone knew he was dying. And it was like, well, shit, we have this like amazing singer songwriter who we only have like, you know, limited time left with the guy. Let's get him on as much as we can, you know, which I think is a great idea. And um, so, you know, he would be on like at least like once a month, it seemed. And we'd, you know, listen and it would be like, like pretty much everything that they would play or everything that he would say would be pretty awesome. You know, I'd be like, this guy is like, cause I mean, we'd of course known, you know, lawyers, guns, and money, and werewolves. I mean, that's that's a given. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> the I, I think I think I think you know I think pretty much every person alive knows those songs, or you know, at least werewolves. You know, so but you know, there'd be like the more stuff, and then he'd play like the newer stuff too, because he was working on the wind at the time, his last album, and it was just you know he was still good. I mean, there wasn't like that kind of thing of like, oh, he, he was only good when he was like 25 or whatever, like you get with some people, you know, where they just kind of peter out. But I mean, he was still continually 
awesome. And that kind of, you know, made me do it. And just, you know, I, I think what kind of really pushed me over the edge is that um, Isla uh, is a huge Yvonne fan as well. And that kind of pushed me over the edge, I think, into full on hardcore Zevon fandom. But <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I think I think the album itself is like a great example, too, just because it's like, you know, the different flavors of Zevon. I mean, there's like the satirical ones. Uh, and then there's the gorgeously sweet ones like, you know, Susie Lightning or Searching for a Heart. Uh, and, and But then you also have like the really bitterly funny ones, like the title track, Mr. Bad Example, which um, I, in doing a little bit of research on, on this to talk about, I found the uh, Wikipedia page for the song, Mr. Bad Example. And it's kind of hilarious how absolutely bloodless and artless the, uh, the thing is, because it, it's, uh, Mr. Bad Example, a song is a story song, and the the Wikipedia page, like, basically, it, it's three lines, and but it tells the story, and it's like, I, I will read it for you here because it, it's pretty short, and it's really, really funny. Mr. Bad Example is a song composed by Warren Zevon and Jorge Calderon. It was used as the title track for the album Mr. Bad Example. It tells the story of a nameless con man and thief sung to a polka. During the events of the song, he successfully steals from a church, his father's carpet store, and even a prostitute he hired. He also has a brief stint as a lawyer, works in hair replacement, and successfully tricks aboriginals he had hired to mine for opal. The song ends with the man retiring from his dirty deals and asking that when you meet him in the next life, you meet him. Wait, you wake him up for meals. <laughs> Which, like, well, you don't even need to hear the song now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and it's like one of those where that's all accurate but it's like it's i i don't know it, it, the the poorly written matter of factness stuff it just kind of cracks me up i don't know but and anyway spoiler though, alert yeah <laughs> yeah spoiler alert for a th- three and a half minute song <laughs> but um but yeah i i i love this record i i love that song i love everything about uh zivon really um uh so uh what did you guys think of it? I mean, well, I, know, I guess I know what Rich thinks, but, you know. Yeah, I'm going to let Andrew talk because I do have a, a point I want to make, but I'll let Andrew say his piece first. Yeah, I didn't um, – I had heard the name Warren Zevon. I am familiar with Werewolves of London, uh, but I had never owned any of his records, listened to any of his records in their entirety. And um, I have to say that I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, and I just really like this. I like – he seems kind of to be in my – sort of wheelhouse with the the sort of the dark kind of humorish angle um, to his music. And um, I only had a chance to give the record one listen through, but I, I enjoyed it all the way through in its entirety. And um, I think that this is a guy that I should know better. Um, so I appreciate the introduction, Matt. <laughs> yes, I, I, I would agree that you should know Zevon better. And I had a feeling that you would dig this too, especially just because of your... Uh love of lyrics yeah and i mean i mean zevon's great with melody of two of course but i mean his lyrics are wonderful and often really really bitingly hilarious <laughs> yeah case a, a perfect example is the song my shit's fucked up yes yes or even Which, excitable boy the song too you know <laughs> oh 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 yeah excitable boy is like the uh, twin to uh, mr man example yeah yeah anyway um I have a point I want to make about this record because I did like it, but uh, it's like this. This came out in ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah, because the production on it is very, very eighties. I got that, that feeling too. Yeah, and that that, that yeah. that's the only thing I really didn't like about it because so there's like so much like eighties uh, reverb and some overdubbing and uh, that that gated drum sound. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. The the drums like. Like uh, the drums on In the Air Tonight. Yeah, yeah. Where, where it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, there's like no dynamics to the drums. Mm-hmm. And like, it, I, I feel like this this would have been, this this is a, gr- a great album that would have been a amazing classic album if it was just like less produced. Yeah, or remixed or something. Yeah, like, you know, strip it down a little. Take all that 80s sheen off. Like, because this was around the time when like a lot of that production style was was heading out, so you know you had like Nirvana getting ready to like do bring back the uh, the whole 
for 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 lack of a, I'm using Nirvana as an example because they were the most famous band to do this uh, at the time of just like stripping it all down again. Mm-hmm. So, and his next albums were like that. I mean, Mutineer is honestly very stripped down. It's it's um, and that was I want to say ninety five. Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Ninety five. Yeah, ninety five. Yeah. And it's very much stripped down. And I mean, there's some great songs on there, like Seminole Bingo, uh, Mutineer, which he actually wrote for uh, Bob Dylan, um, uh, stuff like that. But Piano Fighter 2, of course, is a wonderful song. I mean, basically, I don't think there's any bad Warren Zevon album. Um, It's just that, like, for me... uh, Mutineers is one of his weaker ones, but you know what you're gonna do. It's still, you know, ba- basically, I think most people would, you know, kill to have, you know, an album that's as quote unquote bad as Mutineer as their worst album. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard it, but I, I'll take your word for it. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's literally the only problem I have with this. It's just that it's got this it's very 80s production and it kind of dates the record some. Yeah, I, I, I can hear that. Yeah, it's it doesn't bother me as much just because I think the actual the, the songs um, themselves are generally so strong that it works. I mean, like for admittedly on like uh, Mr. Bad Example itself, the song, that kind of weird synth accordion thing at the beginning kind of sounds mm. but yeah it it you know it doesn't bother me enough that i can't listen to it because the the material itself is so damn strong yeah yeah it blipped uh no no argument here um so that's all i have to say about it and, and it's interesting i'm picking on the production of this because my album my pick this week came out in 1988 so <laughs> yeah i'm one to talk <laughs> yeah, how's that for a trans for a transition? <laughs> so, uh my pick this week is the final album by Irish um rock band for lack of a better term, Micro Disney. And Andrew, you might rec- you might you both might recognize the, the vocals on this record. Uh because the singer is a fellow named Cathal Coughlin who um had some other band that we talked about, like about oh god, a year and a half ago, maybe, uh, called the Fatima Mansions. I don't know if that rings any bells. I can I tell you that I did not recognize this until this morning, and then I was like, oh my god, because I was just listening to Lost in the Former West, still probably my favorite <coughs> record that I've discovered through this show. I was just listening to that, that record yesterday, so <laughs> mind blown. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Micro Disney was Cathal's first band. Uh, the guitar player for the band, Sean O'Hagan, went on to form uh, the High Llamas, and I think he's doing like some solo stuff as well. Anyway, um, so yeah, this was the the last album by them. It's called Thirty Nine Minutes, which is appropriate because I think that's about the actual length of the album. Mm-hmm. No, and... it's about thirty six by my count. It's bullshit. Oh, oh yeah, well, you got to factor in that this was originally on vinyl, so you have a couple minutes to flip the record over flip. and. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, because you get you got to flip the record over and put the needle down. It has to go through the running groove and good save. And, you know. Anyway, uh, the my, the song in particular I wanted to single out is uh, "Gale Force Wind." So let's hear a little of that now. So, where were we? Oh, yes, Micro Disney. Um, so, the song Gale Force Wind, uh, I picked that one because not only, you know, it's the big single from the record, um, you know, there are two singles off this. One was uh, the title track, Singer's Hampstead Home, which was a not terribly thinly veiled attack on Boy George. And Gale Force Wind, which I think is the stronger of the two, uh, which is one of the first songs to deal with the uh, nascent AIDS crisis. So if I hadn't, so if the uh, we haven't brought you down already, 
you know, that that should finish the job. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's it's really my favorite of their albums. It's the the, the they've always had incredible songs because it's Cathal writing the songs. Cathal Cawthon is just mm-hmm. an incredible songwriter. But uh, yeah, the just the the, the it's the the album they put out before this Crooked Mile is just like so overproduced and sounds so eighties. I think this one's a little more timeless sounding. But uh, I I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, because it, it's it's a really intense but s- sad and fun sad sadly fun record that makes sense right i think so yeah i i liked it okay I, it it wasn't as like big of a sale for me as the uh fatima banshins one was but like gail Wit is a wonderful song i i have to say that like it's like kind of funny because sometimes when i'm like listening to the albums like even if I like all, I might have like the uh, Google Doc in the background, the the cheat sheet. But a lot of times I can go like, "Oh, this is probably the hook," and then I check, and it's like, "Yes." And that was totally the case with Gale Forest Wind because it, it 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 is a song that kind of knocks you down and says, "Like, listen to me, I am good." But I think I think kind of like what we we're talking about. I think kind of the production sinks it a little bit. I mean, the album just just because it is really pretty eighties, but you know. What you're gonna do? I mean, it's it's well. It came out in '88. You know, you have no choice. <laughs> Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, by definition, it's gonna sound really '80s. So, so yeah. But uh, otherwise, though, I thought it was like you know pretty good. And, and Gil First Wind is a wonderful song. So, there you go. <laughs> so, despite the fact that I adore Lost in the Former West, um, I hadn't investigated I think I asked you a couple times Rich but I hadn't investigated anything else by Cathal Coughlin um, so this is my first exposure to his music outside of Lost in the Former West and I kind of have to agree with Matt in that it didn't blow me away like Lost in the Former West did um, and continues to do and it does sort of have a this is before Lost in the Former West and, by, quite a, uh, by, quite a, yeah. by quite a few years yeah and, uh, <clears throat> The Lost in the Former West was 94, and this is what, 80? 88. 88, yeah. So it does have uh, that sort of 80s vibe to it, and uh, it's kind of, I'm not used to it because, I mean, Lost in the Former West is, I don't even know how to describe it, but just, you know, the it's really, it's heavy and it's got a lot of balls to it, and the, um, and the lyrics are so, um, I don't know if literary is the right word, but, um, how would you describe the lyrics of Lost in the Form of West? Like belong nowhere. I mean, angry and very, biting. Yeah, angry and biting, but they're and they're also but they're not simple. Like they're really complicated. Like they're almost literary in their yeah. in their complexity. Um I mean there's a bit of that here too. I mean, because this keep in mind that you know, Lost in the Form of West is like Cathal uh after uh they they came out what, ninety ninety what what year did Lost in the Form of West come out? Ninety four. Ninety four. So he'd already been at the writing songs for over 10 years at that point because uh, Micro Disney's first releases came out in uh, 82 and he the band had been around since 80 so um yeah <laughs> sorry I was just looking up <laughs> lyrics um uh so yeah I mean I like it I didn't dislike it at all I think I prefer Lost in the Former West um and the Fatima Mansions although I haven't heard any of their other records and Lost in the Former West is their last record so I don't know if it was that's their best record. Would you recommend this Micro Disney album as the place to go after falling in love with Lost in the Former West? No, I'd recommend more of the okay. Fatima Mansions. I, I I think it stands well on its own. You can't really compare the two because the approaches mm-hmm. are so different. Okay. The, the 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 thing that makes Micro Disney Micro Disney is that it's got this typically very you know melancholy music that's like you know sad acoustic the sad electric guitar um you know kind of like slow tempo very the music itself is very it sometimes borders on adult contemporary usually mm-hmm. when the production goes off the rails like on crooked mile um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i kind of I got that vibe because like it was like there's some some stuff on this one where it it, it comes dangerously close to that but it it, it generally but good, works though good ac good ac though you yeah know. but there's always that sheer vitriol in Cathal's lyrics. Um, 
Like you can't listen to, I mean, you know, Gale Force Wind is a very angry, sad song. You know, you can't go, you can't argue with a line like, you know, doctor says I will have to die. I went with someone and I woke to find I'm now subhuman and I don't know why. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty brutal right there. Mm. Yeah. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a set of lyrics quite that intense. And while still maintaining some subtlety, you hear that Trent? <laughs> Which reminds me, I, I watched some of the uh, Lollapalooza performance by Nine Inch Nails, and man, that okay, you got to admit that, that Trent knows how to put on a hell of a show. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm so excited for the album. I haven't watched it yet because they don't want to be spoiled. Because I've heard that there's a lot of new new stuff in there. Oh, uh, there's a couple of it, a couple, couple of new songs. Like, but you know, hey, honestly, there's a reason he's performing them live. So you know, go. Don't 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 be don't wuss out just, just and watch the performance because it's okay. it's really awesome. Okay, because yeah, yeah, I'm it, I'm really excited. Cause I I really like uh, if they're debuting and this is only this will be your only chance to see it because it's only the festival tour that he's doing oh. this particular show on. So mm. yeah, when he when the album comes out, he's doing a stadium show with a completely different stage show. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah, I, I know that he's playing Seattle pretty soon. I'm, I haven't decided whether or not I'm going to go or not because it's kind of expensive and it's also a, like. I think it's a key, which isn't great for sound because it's a freaking basketball court. <laughs> and is this from the festival tour? No, no, this is from on the uh, the stadium tour. Okay, yeah. So go go, go watch the damn video because you're not going to get to see that show. Period. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's the juxtaposition that works. Cause, you know, the Fatima Mansions is all anger or mm. all melancholy. There's or you know back and forth between the songs. It's, there's not a lot of like of the juxtaposition of the anger and the melancholy for the most part. So, you know, it's, it's a different approach to a similar material. Mm. Cool. But yeah, if you're, Um, if you're interested in more mansions, um, you know, maybe work, I'd say work backwards through their discography. mm -hmm. Uh, because, uh, the first Phantom of Mansions album is a little more like micro Disney. It's got some more like, uh, synthy electronic-y kind of weirdness to it. Yeah. But uh, you know Valhalla Avenue is very, uh, very good. Um, Viva Dead Ponies is very good too. It's still got some. It's got some quirks to it, but I I like it, and that's that's actually my first record by them. Uh, a fair warning: there's two versions of Viva Dead Ponies. Uh, there's the U.S. version and the U.K. version. Get the U.K. version. Yeah. Because uh, the uh, anyway, and then there's the like EP Against Nature, which is. You know, eight track, th- eight tracks, thirty minutes, and you can. There's like some various other stuff that you can fill in. Gotcha. Um, they're, they're one of those bands that had like a, a crazy discography. Uh, like, there's an album called "Come Back, My Children," which is the first EP with a bunch of bonus tracks, and you can maybe grab that if you can find it because it's been out of like all their stuff is so fucking out of print. It's not even funny. Yeah, seriously. Uh, speaking. Of oh, the and there's a versus... there's a live album, by the way, called Western Union Stakeout, which is worth which is worth having as well. Cool. Speaking of uh, UK versus American track listings, do you um, prefer one to the other in regard to Lost in the Former West? Um, there's only uh, yeah UK track listing because the American track listing of Lost in the Former West just is like half tracks from Valhalla Avenue. Uh, the apparently. We're not talking about micro Disney here, but so we're, I'm going to rinse this back after this. But apparently, the, the mansion's U.S. label thought Valhalla Avenue was just too angry mm. to release normally in the U.S. to release in the U.S. So it never came out here, and they just went straight to Lost in the Former West and like, you know, let's just take some of these less angry songs. Let's just take some of these songs of Valhalla Avenue and stick them on. I'm like, it, it, this this stuff always infuriates me. Um, yeah. You know, just I I want one canonical version of the album. That's why I listen to the original UK Beatles records because that's the canonical version. I don't give a shit about Meet the Beatles. I give a shit about Please Please Me. I I have a um one thing I've been kind of wondering about Micro Disney though is the 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 band name. Like, do you know anything about that? Like where it came from or not a goddamn clue. <laughs> okay, because it's kind of weird and it's also sort of like. Kind of surprising they didn't get sued. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was the eighties and it was before any of that got like really big. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like an 
odd name that there's I don't know I don't know it just kind of and, and like I said yeah I mean the fact that it's got Disney in it makes me kind of surprised that you know they they actually got to put out you know records over what eight years <laughs> you know yeah and I mean it looks like I mean they were on like Virgin right yeah yeah I mean that's not like a tiny label that's you know that's a legit you know I don't know so yeah, and John Peel was a big fan so that helped yeah so yeah I mean it's not like they were just some like tiny 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 band that you know five people had heard of you know I mean, Rough but, Trade was uh, wasn't exactly a tiny label either. Well, yeah, yeah. So weird. I I, I just was kind of you know wondering about because I mean it is such an odd name even without the whole you know threat of uh, the 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 specter of uh, legal troubles you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I, I expected a better reaction to this one, but oh well. Mm. You win yeah. some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of those episodes today. Yeah, with the mm-hmm. an- so are anime, we, anime are we, um, announcing our what we're going to listen to for next week, our next episode. Uh, I guess so. Uh, I didn't. I I I didn't even think to line anything up, unfortunately. But I can. Oh, we don't have to. a decision. Well, I I like doing it. So why don't you guys make if you guys have picks lined up. Yeah, like yeah. Why don't we 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 we'll we'll go first and buy you some time. <laughs> How about yes, that? Yes, because I suck. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, like we kind of teased Andrew, so why don't you say yours officially then? I guess. Yeah. So since I have been out for a couple of episodes, um, we're going to finally talk about a pick that I uh, intended to discuss on a couple shows ago, and that is Portugal period the man's record, which is called. Something. Evil Is it called Evil Friends? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about Evil Friends by uh, Portugal the Man. Okay. And, oh, and it looks like I I actually still have the hook that I cut together for you, Rich. So we'll uh, keep that there for you for uh, next episode. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because we did Uh, talk about it briefly last week. But, you know, we got to, or last episode. So, you know, you got to say your piece. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, um, I picked a song or an album that I am shocked that I didn't actually pick already. And that is one of my favorite albums, which is uh, The Official Secrets Project by M. Oh, good. I already have that one. Yeah. That is the letter M and no numeral two. <laughs> but, the, the, that guy's from England. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but uh, yeah, I, um, you might know M from uh, the hit single "Pop Music." Uh, you know, pop 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 music, pop 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 music, that one. But, but and yeah. it does, which isn't on that album. So no, it's not because that's how I roll. I don't pick the hit album. I pick the mm-hmm. the the difficult sophomore release. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. I think I'm going to be picking for next week uh, the album Metal Box by Public Image Limited, which is the second. Um, (laughs) Well, I won't dance to anything by by uh, by the communards (laughs) or or Book of Love. They're they're kind of cheesy. Yeah, but. uh, now, Public Image Limited, specifically, yeah, Metal Box, and Public Image Limited, for those not in the know, is the second band uh, that was that featured a certain John Lydon, better known as Johnny Rotten. Yeah, you know, which was, who was the front man for a band called the Sex Pistols. I knew that. Ne- <laughs> never, ne- never heard of them. Uh, so, but yeah, Public Image Limited. The, their album is called Metal Box. And that is the pick for next week. And it's not awesome. metal. <laughs> it's not what? It's not metal. No, no. Well, the box is metal. Well, yes, but the album is not. No, no. Literally, it actually it came in a metal box. Anyway, um, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, where can we find each other on the interbuts? <laughs> uh, Andrew Marvin. On Twitter and app.net and last.fm and andrewmarvin.net is my website. 
I am at uh, Kitty Sneezes dot butt. Um, Kitty Sneezes on Tumblr dot butt. <laughs> uh, rev me at last dot butt. And um, also uh, Kitty Sneezes on uh, Twitter dot butt. And I'm Sanspoint.com. My blog blog is uh, Sanspoint.com. I'm only at Twitter at Sanspoint, app at Sanspoint, Last of at Sanspoint, you know, whatever you can think of. Um, uh, and we are, of course, CrushOnRadio.com. Crush on Radio on the Twitters. Uh, we don't have an app.net account yet. I'm considering setting one up. Uh, and you can also find us on the Facebook and, of course, the iTunes. Please leave us a review. We love you. The more reviews you leave us, the more often we'll do this. <laughs> And the more Hence often the we'll say butts. Yeah, the, the, we'll, we'll do more episodes <laughs> if you if you like us. So. All right. But uh, so same time in two weeks. Hopefully, sounds, hopefully sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Until then, bye, folks. Farewell. But but.